0: All right, we literally had, uh, <laughs> gosh, uh, the only video we were going to show was that one because I just couldn't go without it. I just could not go without it. I loved it so much, so we decided to go with it. So welcome to No Serve Sunday. Let me ask you a question. What would happen if all of God's people suddenly called in sick? Like If they just all come in sick, doesn't come to work, doesn't come to serve, don't come to do anything, what would happen is pretty much what we got right now. Uh, What was crazy, we got no parking team, as Garrett was saying, no parking team out there, so nobody set out cones, nobody set out signs. Hilarious, a friend that I have been inviting to come to church for some time decided that this would be their first Sunday. And he comes in and tells me he couldn't find the church. And that's why he's late, is because there were no signs out. I'm like, oh, dude. So it literally is important that the signs are out there. I didn't realize that. He said he followed somebody in with some books. And he just followed him up the stairs. And then he was shocked to find a church, which so was I. Um. Uh, So parking team, you're going to have a heck of a time getting out of the parking team because they normally route you around that one way. Now you're going to all go to the stop and you're going to realize how difficult and how meaningful it is that they are out there. So it's not going to be good. Obviously the welcome team wasn't here and I get that you could get over nobody smiling at you or shaking your hand or saying welcome, but because there's no welcome team, there is no coffee, right? And so we're twitching right now, that's okay. Um, Hold on to your chair, you'll make it through this at the very end, you can swing by Starbucks on your way home. So uh, no welcome team. There's no usher team, which is crazy. Nobody come in to show you where to sit. Some of you were so kind that when you came in, you started to put up chairs. And I apologize for slapping your hands and telling you not to. Um, but that was that's exactly what we want to see. We want to see people take initiative, which is pretty awesome. Uh, no media team. <laughs> no music, no slides, no video. We got Allison. That's all we need right there. So... Uh, She has been on the media, the soundboard for a good, like, what, two hours now? Yeah. Yeah, she's nailing it, I think, nailing it. Um, no band. So I, have had, I haven't played the guitar for 10 years. I got to be honest with you. For 10 years, um, I haven't played or, or done that. And so um, I'm not even kidding you. I had to, there's a trick. If you don't have calluses anymore, you can put super glue on your fingers. So if I do this all the time, it's because I literally had to put super glue on my fingers because my fingers were killing me as I practiced beforehand. Uh, this morning when I put it on, uh, no joke, I made the mistake. I don't know why I touched my tooth. Um <laughs> And it took me a little while to get the the, the the super glue off my tooth, like it's some powerful stuff. But I got made up calluses. Uh, the one thing, as Garrett said, is that we uh, we had to allow children's ministry to continue because we want to make a point. We just you know we don't want to unleash complete chaos in here. And so so that's what's happening. No service Sunday. Let me ask you an honest question. How many of you truly? This is church, so you cannot lie. Um, by a raise of hand, how many of you have ever called into sick uh, and worked? called in to work sick and you weren't sick. There we go, you guys are so much more honest than first service, thank you, thank you. The lazy crowd, the 11 o'clock crowd, that's exactly right. <laughs> Perfect, makes sense, makes sense that you would be more. I'm among you, I have. When I used to work uh, at a sawmill, I remember calling in sick um, to work that day. I just relaxed at home, but I thought, you know what, this is getting boring. I need to go see a movie, and so I drove to the local um, uh, grocery store to pick up candy because I'm cheap, and, um, and and a Pepsi. And as I'm walking out, guess who I run into? Of course, of all things, my boss. My boss comes up, he uh, says hello to me, you know, and he basically said that, you know, you must have got it over pretty quick because he sees the Sour Patch Kids and the Pepsi in my hand, uh, and I just went and watched the movie anyway. I didn't get fired, but he wasn't happy with me. What would happen if the whole church called in sick? Truly, what would happen um, kingdom-wise if the whole church, if everybody called in sick? The answer is nothing. Nothing would happen, and that's a bad thing. If nothing truly happens, God gave us a job. He truly could do it all himself. Really? We know that. In in fact, if we all took a nap and we all slept in and we all stopped serving him on one day, God would find a way because he's God. He would raise somebody else up. Um, But he's asked us to do it. And he can do it himself, but he wants us to do it for some reason. And so one of the churches, if I, if I throw this out here honestly, one of the major problems in the capital C church today is apathy. It truly is. Apathy is our malady. It is our sickness. Christians who become way too comfortable. And, it's, and we come to church and we sit in and we sit in the pews and we want to be fed and it's all about entertain me or give me what you want. That's not the way that the church was originally set up to be. One of my favorite stories, I'm going to read it to you here, It's called the Barnyard Duck. Here's what it is. It says, A flock of wild ducks were flying in formation headed south for the winter. They formed a beautiful V in the sky and were admired by everybody who saw them from below. Well, one day, Wally, one of the wild ducks in the formation, spotted something on the ground that caught his eye. It was a barnyard with a few tame ducks who apparently lived on the farm. They were waddling around, quacking merrily, and eating corn that was thrown on the ground for them every single day. Wally liked what he saw, so he thought to himself, it sure would be nice to have some of that corn. Plus, all this flying is very tiring. I'm sure, I sure would like to relax and just waddle around for a while. So on a whim, Wally left the formation of wild ducks, made a sharp dive to the left, and descended for the barnyard. He landed among the tame ducks and began to eat that delicious corn. The formation of wild ducks at the same time continued on their journey south, but Wally didn't care. He thought, you know what, I'll just rejoin them in a few months when, I fly, when they fly back north. Several months went by, and sure enough, Wally looked up and spotted his old flock in formation heading north. They looked beautiful up there, and by this time, Wally was tired of the barnyard life. It was muddy all over the place. It it, it was the same thing every single day. And not not only that, he he thought it'd be more than what it was. It's time to leave, he thought to himself. So Wally flapped his wings furiously and tried to get airborne. But he had gained so much weight from all the corn, and he had barely exercised his wings since he landed a few months ago. He finally got off the ground, but as he was flying, he was too low and slammed into the side of the barn. He fell to the ground with a thud and thought to himself, oh, well, I'll just wait until they fly south in a few months. Then I'll rejoin them and become a wild duck again. But when the flock flew overhead once more, Wally again tried to lift himself out of the barnyard he failed. He simply didn't have enough strength anymore. Every winter and every spring, he saw the wild ducks, his friends, flying overhead, and they would call out to him, But his attempts to leave were all in vain. Eventually, Wally no longer paid attention to the wild ducks flying overhead. He hardly even noticed them. He had, after all, become a barnyard duck. He got comfortable. He wanted the easy life. He wanted to just have somebody feed him, and he didn't want to have to do the work of what he was actually created to do. Sometimes I think as Christians, we are more concerned about our comfort than we are about our calling. And we were created, as we talked about last week, to create an impact, to make an impact. This is the great commission that we talked about, and we are supposed to, we're called on to grab an ax and to make an impact for the kingdom. Now, we can't cut the whole log ourselves. It's impossible for us to do that. But what we can do is we can take our little piece, our little axe, and we could chop where God has put us, where the the spot that we pick, that he created us with the skills that we have, with the spiritual gifts that we have, with the desires and the loves that we have to pick up an axe and make an impact. But honestly, if I'm shooting straight with you, the church, especially as a capital C, barely gets out of bed in the morning. When it comes to following and serving Jesus, we call in sick and truly we are not healthy. And so today what I want to do is I want to look at a passage, um, a very short passage about somebody who was sick and their reaction to Jesus entering into their world. And so last week we covered two verses. This is just, just about as short. It's three verses. Um, and, and it doesn't contain, this, this, this account does not contain a lot of detail But it's found in three out of the four Gospels. In fact, it's found in all the synoptic Gospels, this this situation. So it may be short. There may not be a lot of details. But obviously, if it's put in there three out of the four times, then God must consider it to be important. And so let's look at it. I'm going to have Garrett come up here in just a few minutes. um, But let's pull out a few principles about truly, um, the last one being the most important. So here's what it says. Luke 38 uh, through 40. After leaving the synagogue, so we're talking about Jesus here and teaching in the synagogue all day. After leaving the synagogue, Jesus went to Simon's home. Now, Simon would later get another name. Anybody know what his name is? Peter, exactly. Well done, everyone. All right, Simon Peter. Simon Peter had a brother. Anybody know his name? Yeah, it's always so much quieter on that one. I don't know why. Uh, Yes, Andrew. Andrew, according to the other two instances, and Peter owned the same house. They lived in the same place. And so that's also where Jesus, crazy enough, where his kind of its headquarters were. He did about 80% of his ministry in the the realm of Galilee. And this is smack dab in the middle of it. So this is like Jesus's temporary earthly home for when he was there. Um, And it says, Jesus went to Simon's home where he found Simon's mother-in-law, which truly, what does that imply? If Peter had a mother-in-law, then he had a, which is crazy. You never see that in any of the Bible stories that Peter had a wife. He was married and he had a mother-in-law and apparently the mother-in-law is living with them too. So this is a very crowded house. I don't know what it'd be like to live with your mother-in-law. I um, am blessed with a very great mother-in-law. And I'm truly not just saying that because she attends this church right now and is probably listening. She is amazing. I have a great mother-in-law, but I don't want to live with her, you know? I don't want to live with her. She's, she's amazing. And here, the mother-in-law is there. Peter's there. Andrew's there. Simon's mother-in-law, here we find out, was very sick very sick with a high fever. The doctor, Luke, who is writing this, is saying he, she was there with a high fever. Most theologians believe that this is malaria, that good chance that she has malaria at this moment. And here's the first point in that part, right? After leaving the synagogue, Jesus went to Simon's home where he found Simon's mother-in-law was very sick with a high fever. First point I wanna make is this, is that we do not have to go very far to find people in need. We need to start in our home, truly, when it comes to serving. Serving starts at home. It starts with our husband. It starts with our wife. It starts with our kids. I've met too many and had too many conversations with pastors who um, who lost that principle, right? That they they were serving the church with all they've got, but then they forgot about their family at home, too. The first priority that we need to make here is to our family. Serve our family, serve our spouse, serve our kids, truly serve those who are closest to us because there's needs right there, right in front of us. Verse 38 says, they, they being the disciples, asked Jesus to help her. And this is Peter's mother-in-law. So he bent over her. And what I love is that in the book of Matthew, it says that Jesus reached out and touched her hand. So he gently touches her hand, and then he rebuked the fever. So I don't know if he yelled at that time. The only times he had ever rebuked in the Bible at other times was when he would cast out demons or when he calmed the storm. Um, And this time, it's the only time in all the Gospels where Jesus directly addresses a disease. So he says to the disease, truly, you know, he rebukes the fever to get out. And the result is the fever left her like supernatural Advil and Tylenol right there. The the fever left her. And the point is this. Point to notice is that Jesus in this moment, he comes home, tough, long day at work, right? And he is a servant. I spent most of last week talking about that, that Jesus himself, the one who never needed to be served, volunteers as a servant, and that's, this is what he says about himself. He says, "The Son of Man, speaking of himself, did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many." Jesus is tired, probably tired, coming home from teaching all day. I relate to that. On Sundays, truly, when I speak, you can just plan. I'm taking a nap right around one o'clock. That's just that's just how it goes. Because I get tired. I'm an introvert. So hanging out with a bunch of people just it, it drains me down. And so when I go home, it's nap time, baby. And so sometimes I sleep with my son, but most of the time he does not want to do that. And my, you know, so we, we sometimes do family nap day on Sunday because I'm exhausted. Truly, it takes a lot out of me. Um, and so I relate to that, but we can all relate to the fact of being busy. And having a lot on our plate, Jesus comes home from having this commission by the Father to preach the word and to tell people about him and the good news and create salvation and all those things. He's got this on his shoulders, and he comes home teaching in the synagogue, and then there's a need right there in his house, right under his nose. And what do they ask him to do? They ask him to help. And so what Jesus models for us here is one he is a servant. He's not below doing anything. And so he makes time for what was important. And what's important in this is helping others, helping his helping Peter's mother-in-law. And then here's what happened next. Verse 39. She got up. When? Immediately. No delay. And began to do what? Here's the whole point. Here's the whole shebang. Here's the whole thing. She gets healed. And she immediately began to serve them. That was her reaction. She's sick. A miracle just happened right in front of her. Her natural first knee-jerk reaction is to do what? Is to serve. It's so great. It's to serve. Here's my main point, the whole thing. Saved people serve. If you have received salvation through Jesus Christ, then our response should be to Serve. And why did she serve? Because she was grateful. That is our motivation. Not to earn God's love, to try to gain his favor, but to return God love because he first loved us. That should be the reason. That should be our motivation is to simply say, God, thank you. This gal, this mother in law, that was her response. She got up immediately, wanted to serve. We've been given salvation, right relationship with God the Father through the Son for all of eternity. We don't have to be separated from Him. And what He wants us to do is say thank you, not just by our words, but how we live. And that is to serve. And in this instance, she served them. One of the crazy things, Pastor Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Life, he said this, he said, the only way we can serve God is by serving other people. Because Jesus is no longer on the planet, right? And so the only way that we're going to be able to serve him is to serve the least of these or those, you know, when you do it unto the least of these, you do it unto me. And so saved people serve. So here, let's ask a different question, a new question. What would happen What would happen if God's people suddenly stood up and served? Like this mother-in-law, she is healed. What would happen if we suddenly stood up and served? The answer to that question is that each of us would make an impact in this world. In fact, I believe that we would change this world if we just all stood up and served. And it would make a huge difference if all of us served. Not just the... 80% or the 20% that do 80% of the work. I mean, all of us stood up and served. We would change the world. Today, what we're doing right now, we call this church, right? Sunday church. What do we also call it? Sunday service. Isn't that ironic? That Sunday, we're to, we're to have a service This is not a performance-oriented church. When we started a year and a half, not start to be a performance-oriented church. We are a participatory church. That means it's all hands on deck. That's how it goes. That's how it was when I grew up. When I grew up, I had chores before I could walk, right? My parents gave me things that I had to do every Saturday morning was pulling pulling brush. I'm sure that's not most people's experience, but my dad liked to cut down trees all the time, every day, have a fire, every week, and I never saw cartoons on Saturday, because we got up in the morning and we pulled branches and put them on the fire, and my sister and I, or sisters and I are very scarred because of this. Right? But that's how it was at my house when I grew up. Here's how it is around here. It's just like if you were to come visit my house. If you were to come visit my house, come over. First time, coming over, you are my guest. Welcome. We're going to vacuum for you. We're going to light the glassy babies, right? If you're thirsty, I'm going to get you something to drink. We'll make your food. Don't get up. I got it. No problem. You are our guest. Let us serve you. That is first day. By the fifth time you come over right? Getting a little bit closer. You are a regular guest. I'm still going to serve you, but I'm going to serve you in a different way. You're like, I'm thirsty. I'm like, well, you can grab whatever you want out of the fridge. Go for it. What is mine is yours. Yours is mine. It's all yours. Make yourself at home. By the 10th time that you're coming over to my house, you're not only bringing an appetizer and a drink when you come over, you are doing the dishes as well. You're going to help out. Maybe you'll even have to vacuum before you leave. (laughs) Who knows? The expectations change as time passes and the relationship grows. And so today, if you are a guest here, and this is your first time, (laughs) you picked the worst day, honestly, to come, truly, the worst day to come for your first day, but you are a guest. So feel free. To, uh, to sit back, kick your shoes off if you want, put them on the chair in front of you. It's all, whatever you want to do, you are a guest. we're here to serve you. But if this is your church home, is this where you call home, here's what our expectations are because your family is this, is that you would one, attend a service because we want you to come, we want you to grow, we want you to be a part of the community and serve at the other one. Attend a service and then serve at the other one. And some of you are probably thinking, what the heck, Jake? That's a lot of time. Well, first off, welcome to the family. (laughs) Second of all, tell that to the people who are already serving both services. And third, go to a foreign mission trip to another country and have church there. Because they go all day long. If you've ever been to a foreign country and you've done church service, it's not a morning thing. It's not a service thing. It's an all day thing. You make breakfast and lunch and dinner together, and that is your church. So it's crazy. We're not asking that you spend all day on Sunday here, but we are saying if you are part of the family, our desire is that you would attend a service and serve at a service. And and, and here's, let me explain. Last thing, I'm not asking this truly so that you will serve for me, I'm not asking that that's what you would do. I'm not, if you'd serve just because Jake said so, that's not the deal. I want you to serve for you. And here's what I mean by that. We talked about it a little bit last week, but when you serve, you find fulfillment. Why? Because you are designed to serve. It's one of the purposes that God has given us, to design to serve others. That's why when you serve, it feels so good to serve other people because you're doing what you were made to do. And so many of us, we've forgotten that piece. And so truly, when you serve, you will find fulfillment like you've never found fulfillment before. Not only that, you'll find community. That's huge. The, probably, I said this again last week as well. Uh, probably the biggest complaint we have is I just don't feel connected to the church. And, and I get that. We grew really quickly, and it's been kind of crazy how things have gone on. And so we're still trying to figure out and catch up to what's going on. But truly, if you want to connect with somebody, the best way to do that is serve on the team. To serve on a team, you will develop community. When you, people go to war, when they're in battles, there's something about the brotherhood of, of, of the military. And the reason is, is they've walked through hell and back, and they have did it arm in arm and shoulder to shoulder, and that bond is breakable. You can't break that bond. Why? Because they went through it together. It's the same thing here. When we serve together in the trenches and inside of God's kingdom, doing his work for his glory You will be bonded to the people that you're serving next to. You may not like them, but you will be bonded to them, truly. And you will learn to love them, and you will will learn that you are known and that you're cared for. It happens when you serve. Last reason I think is probably the most important, at least to me, is you are living in obedience. When you serve, you are living in obedience. God asks us to serve him. He said he's a servant. He said those who follow me, they are servants too. And that's where it would be. So that's our prayer, you guys, is that if you're family, jump in. we got a big mission. We have some big goals that we'd love to tackle as a church. We want to reach people for Jesus, which is really hard to do in this area. And part of that means that we can't just be doing it the faithful few that have done it over and over again. Reinforcements need to be on the way. And so what Garrett's going to do, good to see you, Thank you. <laughs> Garrett is going to talk a little bit about the teams that we have around here and the different teams that we have and where we can, uh, where we, where we can jump in and serve on.
1: Yeah, and while I do this, do you want to – there's a box of those cards over there. Do you want to make the rounds? Yes. Yes, I will. Okay. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> um, last week, if you were here last week, there were <laughs> cards on all the chairs. Uh, we didn't do that this week because the chairs weren't set up. But they explained the, the various teams – and uh, a quick little 30,000-foot blurb of uh, what you, what each of them entails. And then on the bottom, there's a part that you can tear off and turn in. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go a step further than these cards, and I'm actually going to talk to the various people who lead these teams and get a little bit more of a personal touch so you feel like you've got a little more insight into who leads the teams and what they entail, what they're about and, uh, and so I'm just going to go through and interview these people. And while I do that, Jake's going to hand all these cards out. Our hope is, well, first of all, a lot of you guys did this last Sunday and filled it out. And we did get a huge influx of people joining various teams. So thank you to those of you who did it. Those of you who felt like you wanted to give other people an opportunity first, now this is your chance. So, so thank you. And now this week, you get to help out. So you can tear the bottom of the card off and put it either in the offering boxes on your way out. Or there's that wall back there with a new TV on it, call it the connect wall. And there's boxes there you can drop those white cards in too, okay? So I'm just going to walk around the, the room here. I'm going to start with my friend Jan Rogers. Are you in here, Jan? I saw you earlier. There you are. Hi. I'm going to walk back to you. So I'm going back to Jan. Jan, will you stand up? And I'm going to give you the microphone. Well, we'll just pass it back and forth. Okay. What team do you lead, Jan? Uh, you want to dance first? We can.
2: <laughs>
1: Your, yeah. All right.
2: Uh, the prayer team.
1: We have a prayer team.
2: We actually have a prayer team.
1: What does the prayer team do?
2: We're we're hidden. Well, we pray. That's the goal. Uh, We have different ways that we can pray. We have, for those that have turned in the uh, prayer requests, we have people that pray for that. We also have a few people who pray in the morning here before the service. We have um, an opportunity for people to get prayer at certain Sundays in the back. And just can I give a real quick thing?
1: You could, yes, this is your time.
2: Oh, awesome! A couple of weeks ago, when we had Response Sunday, two people, Mike Tipton and John Coney, were back there, and I was so blessed because one mom with junior high, high school boys came back, and John was available to reach out and pray for those kids for school, and then Mike was there, and this—I um, don't know if it was a mom and aunt, a grandma what—came with this young little gal, it was probably preschool. And she wanted to pray, and Mike got down at her level and prayed with her. And I got to tell you, when we see men praying, God said prayer warriors, not prayer wimps. So we need more, and I'm telling you, it blessed my heart to see these men available. So we are looking for all kinds of people. If God's speaking to your heart to be part of the prayer team, we're also looking to where we can meet once a month as a group to pray together. Uh, for those that know Acts 6 or Acts 1 or wherever, but <laughs> it's all of Acts, it's all, of Acts. Uh, all the people got together in the upper room and they prayed together and 3,000 got saved in one day. So it isn't all we, just individual. We need to come together. There's amazing power. So if God is speaking to you or asking you to come, you do not have to be an expert. I was in a small group for an entire year and never spoke a syllable of prayer. I was so terrified. You don't have to be that. You just have a heart, and we will see God move mountains.
1: Amen. Thank you, Jan. Thank you. All right. So if you are a prayer warrior, fill that out in training. I'm making my way to Allison Oconee up in the tech booth. You're doing a great job up here. This would cause me a complete panic attack. All right. So... You represent the CARE team, groups, and today, and, media. and today Media. All right, I'm going to hand you the microphone.
3: I actually won't speak on behalf of media, but I will speak on behalf of CARE and groups. So um, CARE is, the aside from prayer here, it's almost the undergarment or the foundation of what we do here because we want to help the hurting as a church, um, and so CARE offers you a way to do that, practically speaking. You can help people move. You can bring mommy's meals. You can visit people in hospitals. You can serve at a memorial service. Um, So you can practically serve one another and help the hurting. Um, My dream is to have a team that is well-equipped up into crisis and to be, we want to be a trauma-informed congregation So um, last year, I provided training on empathy, growing in empathy, and stepping alongside others in crisis. And what's cool is that we've already seen people who were trained use those skills already. It's been really fruitful. So this year ahead, we're going to be taking that to the next level. I'd love to have you join me. Um, and then for groups, this is a really important time to be thinking about groups. Um, we're going to be launching groups about a month from now, three, week-ish, three weeks-ish from now, but we're looking for leaders, and we're pretty sure that God has put a call on some of your hearts to lead a group this fall. What you have to do then is listen and then come and talk to me. So listen listen to the call, and then come and talk to me. And then come, even if you're on the fence, I'd love to invite you out for a taco on Tuesday. Here, 6 Thursday, 6.30, this coming Tuesday, this coming Tuesday we're going to talk about groups, <laughs> leading groups. So um, even if you're on the fence, come have a taco, and let's talk about it.
1: Just for clarity, the care team is not the undergarments. It's the undergirding. It is the underground. Okay. They meet in their underwear. It's cool. Sweet. All right. Get rid of that visual. I'm going to come in front of you real quick to my friend, Elisa. Hi, Lisa. So you are the party person, right? You lead the events team. So when we have yogurt or jelly beans or whatever out in there in the lobby. That's you. The Mariners game. Yeah. What else? What do we get when we come hang out with the events team? What are we signing up for?
4: Yeah, well, as the events team, we really are using our collective creativity and our administrative skills and our love of hospitality to invite you all in to connect with each other and to build community with each other. And so, for example, just a few weeks ago, we had our yogurt bar out there, and it just gives me so much joy when I look out and see all of you talking to each other and connecting with each other and building community. And that's what that event was all about. And so we, um, we get the privilege of planning those for all of you. Um, and we have that about once a month. And then we um, have historically had the Arbor Picnic in the summer. And we've gone to the Mariners game. And we've done some other fun events that um, really allow us as a community to grow together. Yeah,
1: awesome. Thank you. So if you like planning stuff and executing on it alisa and the events team are your people chris i saw you where's paul paul anderson okay i'm coming to you next paul i'm gonna go to chris first chris what team do you lead usher team where were you this morning right here
5: (laughs) having a panic attack
1: (laughs) totally oh so many so many chris and his team are back there like trying to hand out chairs and stack them and jake and i are like don't do it don't some of you guys sorry you actually did help, and Jake came behind you and restacked the chair. I saw your face, like, that's not cool, man. So, Chris, what do you love about the usher team?
5: Uh, one of my favorite things about the usher team is, as Jake talked about, um, that kind of the ideal is to attend one service and serve at another. But if you join the usher team, those can be the same service.
1: Very nice. It's life hacks right here, undermining the lead pastor's message. Good work. <laughs> uh, well, so uh, you guys do a lot of great um, helping us all get our connection cards. I also see members of the usher team coming in and, and mingling with people, getting to know them, have some time to talk. You throw good parties at your house. <laughs> so you got room for more people? We have quite a bit more room for more people. Yeah. You'd like some people to come help hand out brochures, flags, what do you call them? Programs? Connection cards. Yes. Yes. Okay. Anything, anything else you'd like to say?
5: Uh, the, the people who were helping other people setting up chairs, like,
1: please reach out to me. That, that, that was Jesus speaking to them, wasn't it? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to Paul Anderson, who
6: heads up the parking team. Seem ready. So I, I I promise you if you if you come join the parking team. You put
1: your sunglasses on
6: for well, this. Well, because it's always sunny out there when we when we do parking, it is always sunny out there. It never rains. I thought
1: maybe it was so you don't see people giving you the finger.
6: Well, that too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, no, seriously, we've got a great team out there. Um, You know, uh, we're kind of the first line that we're we're the first people that people see. And like Jake said, we help people find the church. We put out signs. Uh, We keep you guys safe out there. We keep cars from flipping over, catching on fire. Uh, We keep you guys from giving uh, other people half a peace sign, if you know what that means, if you know what I mean. Um, so no, one of the guys, I mean, we're all busy and I think, uh, one of the guys on the team, he works 24 seven and he said, you know what, this is, this is the most, I, I enjoy this time the most during the week. Cause we have a great time out there. Hopefully you see that we're always smiling, waving. Um, you get cool, you get radios and nice bright vests. So, um, you know, we need help with setup with, uh, with teardown. So it, it's a great team and we'd love to have you, uh, anyone that wants to join and it doesn't have to be all guys. We'll, we'll take, uh, we'll take girls as well. So.
1: That's good to know. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> and you get to wear summer gear year-round. Yeah. Freeze your butt off. I'm coming right here to the center aisle, Jared Strid. Jared, what team do you lead?
7: I lead the facility team.
1: Does the facility team typically set up and organize chairs in straight rows?
7: They typically do, yes.
1: Did the facilities team have a panic attack Thursday night when you walked in here?
7: At least one person did, yes. Yes.
1: I got text from Jared on Thursday night, like, it looks like an obstacle course in the auditorium. What's going on? So tell us just a few of the opportunities you have available on your team.
7: Well, I think uh, facility has a couple of things. I mean, we're, we're in charge of obviously keeping the building clean and picking up and in order. And there's also routine maintenance. But but mainly that, that day-to-day operation of just keeping the building in order is where we really need the most help because it's, Stay today, and as the church gets more and more busy, that becomes more and more of a need. I mean, if if we don't vacuum and we don't empty the trash, I mean, it, the case, place looks bad, and and it becomes very distracting to people that come in, especially well, new people and old people. I mean, if you walk in here and, and the place is a mess, it just it's not easy to get in that mood. I mean, when you walked in here there was chairs everywhere, it was. It was, you know, it made you feel uncomfortable. It was distracting, yeah. yeah. So that's really our main thing is to remove distractions. And so, yeah, the more people we have, the less work it is for any one person. And that's our main problem right now. We just, we can't spread the load enough. So if we had more people, we could spread the load. And it, no one would have to work that hard, really. That's
1: great. Thanks, Jared. Where's Kevin Chadwick? There he is. As I, as I make my back, something that is occurring to me, talking to Jared, talking to Paul, each one of these teams has their own personality. And its own camaraderie. Like, as I'm talking to each of you, I'm thinking, I'm seeing faces of people that are on your various teams and how you guys have your own bond. Like, Paul and the parking team, I know a bunch of you guys hang out outside of Sunday mornings, go to Bible study fellowship together. Jared, I see a bunch of you guys in groups together. It's just, it's so cool that it's so much more than just serving, which is enough, but it really is camarader- com- camaraderie and community building. That's the, that's the same with your team, too. So what team do you lead?
8: I lead the media team. How's Allison doing? Great. You want yeah. to grab the mic? Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Tell us. Uh, Allison, you want to join the media team? <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, yes, I'm Kevin Chadwick. I lead the media team. And so we do all the behind-the-scenes stuff to make the Sunday morning message work. And that's anything from lights, sound, vocals. What else? Screens. <laughs> Get the band work, yeah. Yeah, so you really don't notice us until we mess up, and then everybody looks back why we messed up. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so this, what we need is, I mean, anybody who wants to sign up, volunteer, will take. Uh, the biggest need is uh, folks that know how to run the soundboard. That's the most challenging thing to understand and learn. And But as far as <laughs> pro presenter and... Uh, getting the screens and everything working, that's you know, it's all teachable. So is it typical typically
1: people that are on your team are signed up for a Wednesday night and Sunday morning? Yeah, yeah.
8: So we do come on Wednesday night at seven o'clock to support the worship team through rehearsal. So when you serve on a Sunday, it comes with Wednesday night at seven and sometimes Sunday at seven, mostly seven <laughs> thirty. So we come to rehearse again before the 9 o'clock message happens.
1: Cool. Thanks, Kevin. That's good. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I saw you looking at Jack and Kara over here, so I'm going to come give them the microphone. You guys are probably the most recognizable people at Arbor. <laughs> um, I know you love talking on the microphone. Do you love talking on the microphone, Jack? All right. Tell us, tell us about the worship team, whatever you want to do. Uh, okay, so
5: the the worship team, uh, we are a group of musicians, both uh, with instrumental, instrumentalists and vocalists. Uh, we get together and we make a loud noise for Jesus. <laughs> Our goal is to kind of create this environment on Sundays and really any chance we get uh, to kind of usher everybody into a space where they are comfortable worshiping and pursuing God. Um, so that's what we do on Sundays. Uh, as Kevin mentioned, we also do rehearsals midweek on Wednesday evenings. Uh yeah, what am I missing? What What are a couple
1: of uh, like? There
3: musicians that play a certain instrument.
5: Yeah, what are good the ones one. that you would hope We We definitely need drummers, bassists, and guitarists. So instrumentalists and keys. So if you see it up on stage, <laughs> we
3: need more everything.
5: Yeah, yeah, instruments. We need more instruments. <laughs>
1: yeah, awesome. Thanks, you guys. If you don't know, Jack and Kara are 100% volunteer. They're not part of paid staff. And if you're on the music team, it is a uh, probably a higher ask than most of the teams. There's a couple of those medias, one as well, where you're here on a Wednesday night rehearsing and you're here earlier on a Sunday morning staying through both services. So um, it's an incredible experience and opportunity, but we're also really grateful to all of you guys that are part of that team. Um, one team that's not here this uh, this morning... Or the team lead that wasn't able to be here is the photography team. If anyone's wondering, where am I walking? I'm walking toward the front. I'm walking toward the front. The photography team. So if you love taking pictures, we love documenting what's going on and what God's doing around here. So photography team is another option on there. I'm coming your way, Christy. Christy Kapiowski. We saved the best for last. I love. (laughs) So the one making all the noise is my friend Christy, and and. And we spearhead together the, uh, the welcome team. I'm coming, I'm coming to you. Yes. Yes. I really, you don't like crowds and public stuff very much. So I just if I have to do it, I do. am ruining our friendship. You want to hold it? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. What are you going to say though?
9: Hi, I'm Christy Kapioski and I am the lead of the welcome team and the welcome team consists of the people at the doors and the top of the stairs that greet you with a smile. We're so glad you're here. Um, Also, I'm the coffee team, so I apologize for any of you. I I will be hiding in the bathroom if you're really mad about that. (laughs) Won't tell you which bathroom. Um, So um, we're also on the coffee team. Coffee team gets here um, about 8 a.m., brews the coffee, stays the entire um, two services, then cleans up. Uh, One of our teams... um, does two, So one of the gals comes for the morning service, and then they connect in the middle, and then the other gal does the second service. So if you have a friend that wants to do the coffee team, you can um, double team it. Um, we are a great, fun team. Uh, we have the best parties, right? We had a party. <laughs> we, just had we just had a party Friday night um, at uh, Guards Winery. And it was so much fun, and we're sorry you all couldn't be there. Um, But come see me in the bathroom if you'd like to join us next up. So, anyway, thank you.
1: Man, we got some weird stuff going on. It was a fun party Friday night, though. Um, So, my hope is that you are are, uh, seeing two things. One, that there's more of a personal touch, that you're able to kind of see the faces of the team and hear a little bit more about what they entail, more than just what's on the team flyer. The bigger thing I hope you see is there's a lot of people doing a lot of work around here. Jake, Allison, myself, and Anna can't pull this whole thing off. It's all of you guys pitching in, you know, my, my nana used to always say, mini hen, what is it? <laughs> I think I have PTSD from it, honestly, <laughs> like, oh, don't say that again, and I'm regretting bringing it up right now. You guys, you guys get it. That's a lot of people, a lot of people doing a lot of stuff, and it's awesome. And so, uh, my hope is that you'll join the ranks of the family that not only make it happen, but actually feel connected to one around here, uh, one another around here, and have a little bit more going on. So I'm going to turn it over to you, pastor, speaker, musician,
0: flyer, handouter. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's okay. right. All right. Yes. Thanks. All right. Well, let's pray. Um, what we don't want to do is, um, um, well, first I got to invite the band up. So hold on. We're good. All right. So. <laughs> why don't you go ahead and stand? We do not want to make a mockery of uh, of worship or anything today. Our hope is to glorify God, and so let's uh, let's worship him uh, in the next little bit. but I want to pray again, like Garrett said our hope we've never taken an entire Sunday to talk through and walk through teams uh, but we not only feel like we have the need to do that, that need is there, we just also uh, want everyone to plug in and to serve Jesus in that way, um, in, in loving Him in that response. So let's pray.